Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been over one long year Watching movies bad, strange and weird Commandeer I just learned that word By Michael Hi, this is Carl I'm Mike's friend I I wrote this song My turn-ons are French poodles Chinese German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the Michael. Now let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Michael. Michael. Spiegel. Michael. 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 Michael! Michael! Oh, what a great fucking song. Spiegel. Ladies and gentlemen, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. Hey, uh, this is... You've been away. You've been away. Last uh, week's episode, today is... uh, We're broadcasting live on MuniRadio.fm, Sunday, October 8th. We do this every 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Five to seven, laundry time, East, uh, Eastern, <laughs> do your laundry. Uh, last week's show, uh, we do have a feed. You could go to iTunes, you could go to muniradio.fm, look for L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Last week's uh, podcast was truncated uh, halfway through, and I haven't posted it. So be patient, that's a lost episode, I will get that back. That was my birthday, October 1st, so I want that on record, you know? I had a lost weekend, I guess. <laughs> so we'll get that episode back. And the movie we watched last week was Old San Francisco. So the, if you... By the way, I want to give it up to Splitsider for making uh, referencing Carl and I as a show to listen to for a particular episode. So if any new uh, listeners came on, the next episode was truncated. So there you go. Uh, hi, Carl. <laughs> hi. <laughs> uh, enough shop talk. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. It's simple. We go to YouTube and we watch a movie. Uh, so let's go ahead. I'm typing in YouTube right now. Carl, what's the movie this week? You uh, have commandeered, as usual, I know that excellent, word. horrible film. Uh, we are going to watch Speed Zone. Now, that is not Cannonball 3, okay. although it is. Uh, so in YouTube, you'll type Speed Space Zone Space 1989. Okay, I'm doing that right now. Oh, uh, all right. Oh, hey, look, I see a picture of Eugene Levy. Hey. <laughs> no, not you. Yeah. No, Joe Flaherty. It's Joe Flaherty. Vision's version. There's yeah, three Jer- versions. I recommend the first version. White Devil. Million vo- yeah. White Devil 2 is the uh, YouTube channel that we're going to be watching. Uh, I was hosting this film. Uh, thank right. you, our good friend. And, okay, so here's how we do it. Uh Thank you, Carl. For we're gonna click speed zone and we're gonna hit pause, and then uh, when we say so, we're gonna start the movie at the same time. All right. 
Sounds good. Okay, I'll yeah. take that. So I just hit, and then I hit pause. It's buffering. Speed Zone, a.k.a. Cannonball Fever, 1989. Uh, hey, Carl, while we buffer, can you tell uh, our listeners what the fuck you mean by Cannonball Run? <laughs> well, um, there was going to be, there was Cannonball Run. There Would, was Cannonball Run 2. Right. And there was going to be Cannonball Run 3. But Burt Reynolds said, oh, please, are you serious, Burt? Come on now. I'm a serious actor. Right. I won't be doing He turned down Smokey and the Bandit 3, so he knows what, you know, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and Don DeLuise said, if Burt's not doing it, I'm not doing it. It was okay. a huge sum of money, too, that they turned down. These these movies I should mention, they're both directed by Hal Needham. I don't think he directed this one, but they're just basically ensemble car chase races. Uh, yeah. and, and Cannibal Run movies have been around during the 70s as well. It's just a car race across country and with, with colorful characters. So, all right, so here comes Speed Zone 3. Uh, Speed Zone Cannibal Run 3, uh, unofficially. So someone made, this This movie has to be on our show because somebody made a sequel to a film, an unauthorized sequel. Unauthorized. Yeah, right. right. All right, so with, with that claptrap, uh, Carl, why don't you do the countdown and we'll, we'll click the play at the same time. Okay, that sounds fine. So we've all buffered. We're watching White Devil's version. Sorry about that, folks. And it has 2.2 million views. Okay, um, 10, 9, okay, wait. <laughs> Will three, you get on with it? <laughs> all right, I'm going to say 3, 2, 1, and go. 3, 2, 1, go. All right, I'm going to put up the sound for the first couple seconds. It's from Smile Entertainment. Smile, goddammit. That's their slogan. You have a pretty smile. Oh, my. You should smile more often. Hey, baby. Hey. Baby, you look. Yeah, you should smile more. <laughs> Film like Bill Drake. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Jim Drake. Did you say Bill Jim? Drake? I said Bill Drake. It's Jim Drake. I was riffing on the titles by misreading <laughs> it. This is a now movie this, riff show. Yes. This is okay. So every Cannonball Run movie, even the unauthorized one here, yeah. starts with this red Lamborghini. Interesting. It's a was this the one that Jackie Chan was driving in the first movie? I, I, I... I, this, I, 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 I... By I, the way, this is not... This is like a replica. It's not a real red Lamborghini. I don't know why. why Donna Dixon, Peter Boyle. I mean, it's a replica. I'm just leading this cast of characters. They're listed alphabetically. The uh, Well, you know, Miami Vice did that, too. They had a fake uh, Porsche or whatever because they couldn't afford it. John Candy. All right, another mm-hmm. John Candy movie on our show. Uh, and Eugene Levy. That wasn't Eugene, that was Joe Flaherty, but I know that both of them are in there. Like, SCTV had long, was wrapping up by this point on yeah. Showtime. Uh, yeah. Now, it's funny that you mentioned Miami Vice, because they do do a nod to Miami Vice in this film. Um, That's my favorite scene, girl. There is a Ferrari yeah. in this film. Now, this, and, is, this, uh, is, this is Lee Van Cleef, isn't it? Yeah, this is the good, the bad, and the ugly guy. So they he paid him ugly. like they paid him some money, and he showed up, at, and he did the scene, and he left. That's right. And they put his face on the poster. Now he's teaching his kid or his grandson how to skip rock. Ah, so tell me more about Miami Vice. Uh, well, I mean, maybe I'll save it for when we see the car. It's a Ferrari. It's the one you were talking about. Right. Um, one of the teens drives it. 
Now, it's a replica once again. I don't know why they're doing replicas. Sherry you know. Belafonte's in this. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. a... And there's Jeff Flaherty. The Ferrari. Well, you know, it's a Miami Vice. They, they faked the car, and then the car uh, company gave them a real car because it was on TV. Matt Frewer, our buddy. Yeah. We love he's, him. He's a favorite here. Yeah. He, he did a movie called National Lampoon's uh, Class Trip, Senior Trip, and he, he made the movie. Now, this Lamborghini, this is the reason why this movie is posted on YouTube. It's just this car, fancy car driving. There's lots of it. And they're like, what they're saying, okay, here we go, the crash, and boom. Boom. Oh, all the state police, they all hit each other. What they're saying is, he can make a right turn if he wants down this, but the bridge is out, and he'll never get over the pond. And this is where the ugly is teaching his son how to skip stones. Jamie Farr. Jamie Farr was in the first two movies. He played a That's sheik. That's right. And he won the race in the end of the second one. Not to spoil it. Now, he won't be racing. But he shows up in this movie, like, passing the torch, right? So that's kind of the... Right. Yeah. My he brother and I... beginning, and he's passing the torch. That's right. My brother and I had this on video cassette. We watched this a lot. Lee Van Cleef. Lee Van Cleef. <laughs> R.V. Keitel. Alyssa Milano is on this. Carl Lewis. Art Hinkle. All right. Well, that's the uh, cast of characters. So this is a fake car. It is a fake Lamborghini. It's, of course, a real car. Right. <laughs> Look at that drone drive. Oh, there's a person in there. <laughs> you, uh, The person who's in there is actually the Dukes of Hazard dude. Huh. You know what's crazy is like this is good. I like the director. He puts a, a faster car in front of the car and, and puts a camera towards the car and shoots it. All right, so Jim Drake. Jim Drake. Okay, now you see he's not being able to skip stones and so now here comes the skipping stone. They're never going to forget. All right. Uh oh. <laughs> oh no! The car's going to hit the lake. Skip, 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 <laughs> skip, skip. That's impossible. Who's driving that car, Jesus? What's that angle you were talking about, Grandpa? And then Grandpa just Isn't walks into the hilarious? pond. Okay, That's now, preposterous. Mythbusters, um, in 2009, Mythbusters set out to prove that this, uh, they tried to bust, you know, could a Lamborghini really skip stones? No, wait a minute. Those, those guys were like, speed zones have been bothering me for all these years. Now, that's Dukes of Hazard guy. Oh, he's... And he has a Confederate flag. Yeah. The <sighs> he's the blonde one. He's John Schneider. Oh, uh, yes, right, right. So he has a Confederate flag on him? Yeah, Oops. that's a nod to the their car. Yeah. Is this even an accent? Strike out the competition. Uh, here we go. Some 80s bar uh, scene. Okay, now this is... Oh, this is it. Jamie. Famous Cannonball Run. And we're talking to one of the members of Cannonball last year's winning team. Last year's winning team. It is, they say, Cannonball Run. You were saying something about... And that's Jamie, who won in two. That's so weird. Yes, you were. Yes, I was. All right, so that's Jamie Farr for you. But yeah. is that crazy? You don't have to go far in a Cannonball Run film to find Farr. 
Well, they were going to have a, a twin, and they said, no way, Carl. No way. That's just too far. I did that's that joke too, last time. I that's did. too far. That's gotcha. too far. He is uh, Sheikh Abdul Ben Falafel. <laughs> oh, I'm just, I'm just going to like not... I just got to yeah. block that out. Uh, he's the only actor who appeared in a third film. Yeah, that's now, interesting. He's watching Cannonball Run, by the way. What the fuck? And that's, the, that's the actual Cannonball car. Run. There's John Candy. Hey, look at him. He looks healthy. I hate so saying that. Even though this is unauthorized, they're totally like, we're doing it. Yeah, we're going to be Cannonball Run three. I don't care what the title is. So is this is show it? You can't get away with that now. You can't be like Rush Hour five. <laughs> uh oh, Eugene Levy's got a megaphone. Oh, the hilarious! Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> that's the audience. That's not uh, <laughs> the actor. In the- now that's an actress named Donna Dixon. I know her. Her character's Tiffany. And the whole shtick here is she's Marilyn Monroe. Oh. Well, do you know who Donna Dixon is? No. Donna Dixon really. was on the TV show Bosom Buddies. She oh. liked she liked Kip or Henry, I forget. But then she she's married to, uh, I don't know if she still is married, but she, during the 80s she was married to Dan Aykroyd. And she's in, like, Dr. Detroit. And huh. she she's very funny. I mean, uh, I think she's one of the best things in this movie, personally. But... Uh, I'm sure she's doing other stuff. I just never really... I just kind of know her from that. Well, I regret not having looked her up now that you're bringing yeah. this up. I, I like... I looked up all the... I should have... I didn't give her much... Uh, I should have looked her up. Yeah. All right. Look her up and we'll, we'll find out what thing. I'm watching Eugene Levy. It was so weird that these guys never were in yeah. so many... They no, should have been in more movies. Find you inside, Leo. Can you think of, I can think of other Eugene Levy, uh, Joe Flaherty, John Candy movies. You ever see Going Bananas? Uh, yes, and Splash. Splash. And maybe, Going Berserk, you mean. Uh, Going Berserk. Yeah, thank you, sir. Going Berserk. Right. And um, Splash didn't have Joe Flaherty. Uh, what a week I'm having! <laughs> uh, so the setup here is... Um, Joe, they're from high school together. And right. John Candy is a lowly parking attendant guy. You know, ballet. He was until his uh, shack fell on the side. And then he got fired <laughs> for that and had to pay for damage. All right. So he says, park my car, loser, because he's like a cannonball run sponsor. Oh, wait a minute. So are there, uh, is the cannonball run happening here in the parking lot? Yes. No. It, they're going in the in the restaurant. They're going to celebrate the launch of Cannonball Run. And and the valet who's now doing some stunt driving. Yes. Stunt was driving. that valet at the restaurant was watching Cannonball Run one. <laughs> yes. That's so meta. Yeah. It wasn't called Cannonball Run. Cannonball one Run one. At that time, it was just called uh, the War to End All Wars. It was called the Great, the Great Cannibal Run. <laughs> the Great Cannibal Run. Well, yeah, it was kind of. It took the four years. It was mostly the cars were stuck in trenches. Everyone got gout. It was really awful. Yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. Never again. A lot of carbon monoxide gas. Oh, a lot of just needless decay. And plus, Tom DeLuise, he just wouldn't stop riffing. <laughs> well, 
Okay, so what we've learned here is the parking attendant guy happens to be an excellent driver. So, so this Jimmy Farr is hitting on a lady. Drink, I can. Well, he's distracted by the boobs. That's the running <laughs> gag of this stuff. Oh, I, I, you know what? I was just looking at her eyes. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I, it was my internet research that told me about her boobs, mm, and then I had yeah. it. Ugh, dark web. So, but this is weird. So this is a party celebrating the previous Cannibal Run, and it's also the party to launch the new Cannibal Run? Right. It seems like there's all- going to be a third... Okay, here's Sherry Belafonte. Yes. And her... Okay, so... You know the ditzy blonde, the dumb, sexy girl. What they're doing here is the reverse of it. These are MIT grads who got, like, a, um, they have a police detector scanner. They're oh, trying to sell hey. the cannonball run. So they're smart. Oh, they're fuzzbusters. Fuzzbusters. Dude. So Sherry's saying, we've got to look sexy. And they're like, I don't know how. Oh, here's Max Headroom. Max Headroom, and he's wearing a goatee. And there's Joe Flaherty, my favorite. Count Floyd is back. Ooh, ooh, I'm telling you. Count Floyd is back. I had his album. It had Reggae Christmas in Transylvania. Reggae Christmas. It it was going, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Rolling Stones won't be here tonight. Will you please welcome to this place, Count Floyd. Oh, they were Now, he's a hitman, you see. Uh, Max Headroom, unfortunately, Frewer, yeah. has uh, gotten into debt. More like and, uh, Max Head to pay. <laughs> to pay uh, room. Why don't you listen to his bad English accent? He's really not doing a good accent job here with his <laughs> Yeah, he's just hamming it up. That's good well, we'll get, we'll get back to Max Furrer. Yeah. Obviously, Max is uh, Max Furrer, Matt Furrer. Now, this guy here is another sponsor, and he has the Ferrari. That's the Miami Vice Ferrari. Is he the guy from and, Bachelor Party? You, I don't know. Uh, oh, no, maybe not. Do you remember the guy is like, uh, anyway. The ball guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who makes the deal. Yeah. Uh, like, he makes the deal with the um, Indian... Um, Pimp. Uh, pimp. Pimp. Right, yeah. 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 It, it could be him. You know, i got to tell you, Mike, there were so many stars in this film yes. that I only looked up. Like, I missed a bunch of people who are... In another film, I would get this guy and tell you all about him, but... It's just a star-studded film. I mean, uh, yeah, it's it just... Is it's in the, it is B-level star-studded. This is a podcast movie recap of A Thousand Stars. If you were going to listen to one podcast that uh, recaps something, let it be this one. There's a thousand stars in this. Miss Donna Dixon, Sherry Belafonte. Yes, whose father is the famous Harry Belafonte, who was huge in his day. The time is really forgotten about him. No, people know. Yeah. No, that's not true. He, he has a, a very strong legacy. I mean, uh, yes. his music and his activism definitely is... Uh, just as relevant it's right now. Activism, for sure. Yeah, he. he uh, but so hang on a second. He has another daughter, right? Who acts? Uh, I only know of Shari. But no, there's someone else. I think she was in um, uh, that uh, that Quentin Tarantino movie, um, Death Proof. Jackie Chan. All right, let's, I'm gonna have to take a look. Uh, I'm going to IMDb, ladies and gentlemen. The, sh- the podcast is over. Let's see what's going on here. 
Oh, well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Don't kill me. From there, flip over here. Now, the odds on the Jagger are 100 to 1. The 96 from here, put it over here, subtract from the 100, and you end up with sounds like dinosaur, shut the door, pop, 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 pop. Right. Oh, this is Cockney accent? It's supposed to be in English. English. Uh, a rich person is not a Cockney, but a... I mean, I, I can do better than him. I mean, he didn't <laughs> even research. He didn't even listen to... Oh, um, they're like, hey, would you like to go to... Uh, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's like, ring, phone rings, right? Hello, yeah. Hello yes. Take the roll. I'll take the roll. Matt yeah. speaking. <laughs> right. Matt Brewer, I will take the roll. Thank you for offering. Are you sure? Because, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm looking at uh, Harry Belafonte's bio. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, let me see. Whoa. Now, they're trying to sell him, and they're using their sex to do it. So, okay. so wait a minute. There's a cop here. <laughs> All right, it's full frontal nudity. Actually, from the waist up. They insult him. He is insulted. What? So the cops are right behind. Oh, that's the cops yeah. in there. Here comes the cops. This is that's entrapment. The cop detector went off. What they're going to do is bust the cannonball run because, of course, it's illegal. Oh yeah, that's why I was. I can't go to a real cannonball run. That's why I'm grateful every time there's a cannonball run movie because then I can go legally watch it. <laughs> There was a real cannonball run, a bunch yeah. of them, actually. I'll tell you about it. Well, tell me now while, while the police go. Okay. So um, the, the Car and Driver magazine decided that they would make, um, like, a race across the country. It was really to sell, sell Car and Driver magazine. Um, it was called, um, okay, the Cannonball Baker See the Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash. They happened throughout the 70s. I think it went into the 80s. Um, simply known as Cannonball Baker or Cannonball Run. It was an unofficial, unsanctioned automobile race. Ran five times in the 70s from New York. The first one was from New York City. Another one was from Connecticut uh, to Redondo Beach, California. Basically, it was different locations from East Coast to West Coast. Huh, like, so Modesto, but not Dublin. Thank you, that's my Bay Area joke. <laughs> now, this role was turned down. Um, oh, that's, that's Tim Madison from uh, Animal House, and then that guy is a famous character actor. How about that? He's the guy from Last uh, Action Hero. Rain. He gives the ticket. Now, he's Everybody Loves Raymond Dad, of course. Oh, Peter Boyle, that's who it is. Joe. Joe, right, yeah, he's Joe. His name in this movie is Spiro Edsel, and he says that Richard Nixon is his idol. And now, Nixon's vice presidents were Spiro Agnew and Gerald Ford, and Edsel was a Ford product that didn't make it. Wow, that's a stretch. Joke. So, yeah, I don't know that many people named Spiro. I know two Spiros, Spiro Agnew uh, and Spiro the Dragon. <laughs> is from uh, Puff, uh, what is that? No, it's uh, a video game a from, from PlayStation. Oh. From Spiro the Dragon, Spiro the Dragon 2, Spiro the Dragon 3D, Spiro the Dragon 4, uh, play action. 
which is a multiplayer game. Uh, Spirit of uh, the Dragon 5. The uh, That wasn't that fun. The new Spirit... I don't know. I'm just making them up. Now, this is the Italian guy who owns the red Lamborghini. He's on He's a payphone in, in the police station. He's reporting to his boss that the, the, the cops have busted the race and it's over. And his boss is saying, I don't care. Get another driver. We're doing this race. Now, huh. this cop, his name is Flash, and he overhears that. He's going to end up being the driver. And he's going to win. Now, tell the me. reporter also overhears, Pete, they're, st- they're getting new drivers. They're still going to do the race. So they're wearing that. The, scoop. They're wearing blazers that, like, even in the 80s, they were embarrassed to wear. <laughs> yeah, like, that's not a natural color. True. I mean, the president would not even dye his hair that color. And that's a pretty orange blazer to begin with. Oh, so they're here. Right, so here the reporters are going to be driving across America with them. Right. The, the, the woman here is like, we're not doing this. There's no story here. And he says, our boss said we have to do it, which is a lie. Okay, so now that there's no race, Joe right. Flaherty is going to kill Max Headroom. <laughs> I love Joe Flaherty when he's pissed off. Yeah. Guy Cavallero. Guy Cavallero. You remember what's uh, their soap opera? These are the days of the week. And John <laughs> yeah, Candy, yeah. He, so, so Flaherty was going to take the fall for John Candy. And he goes, are you trying to tell me that after my prison stint, you'll give me $200? <laughs> That's the easiest two hundred dollars I ever made. <laughs> oh, I love that show. Yeah, what a great show! It's funny that Second City was in Chicago. Yes. And all you know, they had they were so successful they had all these spinoffs. But it was the Canadian one in Toronto that actually became successful. Right. Well, it became yeah aired in America as SCTV. Okay, so. His pants have fallen. Yes. He's choking a guy. Yeah. And the sponsor, one of the sponsors comes in and, for and the English the, dude. Right. And, and he, he says, ah, It's me. It's me. Alec. Alec. <coughs> you? How do you mean? Well, that's good, actually. Well, this bloody race thing's driving me around the bend. Really? A real accident. Yeah, well, first it's on, then it's off. Then it's on. So they must say, he must have hit yeah. Joe Flaherty's yeah. cock a couple times in this yeah, scene. Just with your... Yeah. Yeah, this was before computer graphics. That was a real cock-hitting effect. Yeah. You know, I never really thought about choking somebody with my belt while getting a blowjob in a bathroom stall. I think I learned something new on this show. Yeah. Why is it, listen to his terrible accent. Right. Even in the presence of a real one. Tomorrow morning, as scheduled. Then the Jag's still running. Still running. It's the best car we've ever entered. 12-cylinder, 262 horsepower, 5.3-liter engine. Car talk. I'd rather talk about sports. What he's saying here is is we're still doing the race. We just have to find someone. Now, it just so happens that Max Headroom is a professional racer from in the past. So he gets the king. What a coincidence. And then Joe Flaherty's like, I'm going with you to make sure everything goes out. I'm going to strangle you. Yeah, I would not want to hang out with Joe Flaherty after he fucking... Drags me into a bathroom stall, pulls his pants down, puts a belt around my neck, and drags it to his crotch. That's when I leave. What if it's like, instead of him killing you? Look at the mobile phone. Yeah, look at that sweater that Eugene Levy's wearing. Yeah, it's part of his character. He, uh... The fuddy-duddy? They're in Washington, D.C., so maybe it's not inappropriate to climb it, but it is horrible. 
Yeah, he's got a. He's, Come on, I'm doing some serious acting. You know that that uh, cell phone is actually a fake too. It's just like four Pez dispensers glued together. They took a brick, they covered it in plastic, and they were able to create a mobular phone. Stuck an antenna. Okay, so what's happening here is Joe uh, is um, um, no. Splash Dude is trying no. to trick John Candy into they've always been friends. Hey, buddy, you gotta run this race for me. Well, so why 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 is Eugene Levy bailing on the race? No, he's he's not a driver. He never was. He's oh. a sponsor. Oh, I see. So he wants him to drive his car. Right, because the real guy got locked up in the clink. And is Norma Jean going to join John Candy? Yes, but why? That's what I never understood. Her name's Tiffany Norma Jean, right. But why? Well, why does she go along? Now, the only memorable scene in this movie, for me, was this long exterior shot. So their car driving around, and you could hear overdub them just talking. And it's just them yeah. riffing. It's like really funny, like... The contrast is just a uh, scene of car and then John Candy and Donna Dixon riffing. It's, it's funny. Well, they're, they're, I think they're trying to escape the cops in that scene. And the joke is, they're so calm. Just having a normal conversation. This is Charlie, by the way. He's the best friend from high school of Gus, who's Eugene Levy. And they'll be in a BMW and Tiffany will go along. Don't know why. Just say, um, I wanted to say that the idea of like them acting normal during an umpteenth car chase, it just undercuts the movie as a whole because this movie is nothing but car chase. Right. So when the characters nothing are bored of it, the characters are like, whatever. Like, have you ever seen a, a movie called The Chase with Charlie Sheen? I've heard of it. I have not seen it. So he's in the car the, the entire time, including the sex scene. So like she gets, uh-huh. she mounts him while he's driving. Oh, I did see it. He's getting away from the law. Right. Yeah, terrible film. Okay, so this is the black Ferrari Daytona fighter, apparently. And the the sexy girls have convinced, the smart MIT grads who are pretending to be sexy girls, Uh have convinced the sponsor uh, that they can drive the car. And it will prove the viability of their cop finder and he'll buy it if they win that's their setup oh all right bmw of john candy and i think we already said that miami vice um you know in in seasons one and two of miami vice and only a single episode of season three who cares Mm -hmm. this car was uh, a part of it and they're not tipping their hat to it. I don't know why they care, but they, they did. It's not lost on me that Harry rhymes, that Shari, it's like Sherry. Right. Well, that's Sherry. that's that why I want to take a look, because I don't think she's the only one. Hang on a second. Let me take a look. Thank you, Carl. Because, yeah, that's... So her name rhymes with... Uh, Harry, Sherry, and Gary Belafonte. John Candy's pretending like I'm, you know, I'm the nervous heterosexual in front of a, you know, a girl who's out of my league. Can't even remember my name kind of crap. Look at that spider. That's nice. So actually I'm thinking of Sidney Poitier. Sidney S-Y-D-N-E-Y. 
and death. It's just the name were similar to the father. So wait a minute. So all right. So here's the scene where uh, Norma Jean has to go with John Candy, right? Right. And right now, Eugene Levy's like, "You owe me for getting you on the such and such show." And when this race is over, you have to speak to me. And she's like, "I don't want to. I'll do it." <laughs> you owe me one, darling. I'm the sleeve ball. These guys are just like working overtime to get this thing going. Here's the premise. You gotta go. Alright. Now, 32 hours, 7 minutes was the record. Um, it was no, it was 32 hours, 51 mi- minutes was the Cannonball, the real-life Cannonball Run record, which is approximately 87 miles per hour, and nobody's sleeping. It was a Jaguar XJS in 1979. And this was, this was to promote Car Magazine, but it was also to celebrate the interstate highway system and lastly, <laughs> to protest against strict traffic laws coming into effect at the time. I don't know. That's what the Internet claims. Okay, so I'm looking uh, really quickly. Donna Dixon, you probably know Donna Dixon from Wayne's World where she played the dream woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then... Uh... Wait, no, no. I'm thinking of that starlet who Dwayne slept with. Uh, never mind. Yeah. Maybe you're thinking Kim Basinger? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, but she also played Marine Dean in the, the Oliver Stone movie, Nixon. But she did a lot of other stuff uh, prior to that as well. She's in Spies Like Us. Oh, let's see the... Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Dan Aykroyd, right? Well, let's, let's take a look at the bio. Spouse. Yeah, they've been married since 1983, girl. Gotcha. Wow. That's crazy. That's 30 something years. Wow. Honey, I'm going to sell vodka with the shape of the skull. Okay, dear. You have fun. You know what's fast? He does not like the new Ghostbusters, let me tell you that. Alright, so here's our. So we like we like uh, Matt Frewer and Eugene Levy, right? I mean, uh, Joe you Flaherty. You just said we'd split it, but I didn't say we split it evenly. You get 15 and I get 35. What's what terrible? It's He's doing like a fraudster voice. Like he's such a con man that his voice, you know, he's can't even fake an accent, right? Wow, Joe Flaherty's uh, blazer should get a uh, separate ca- uh, bill cast. It's huge. His blazer? <laughs> it's so prominent. Yeah. So now our reporter is lying, saying the boss said we have to go. And she's like, prove it. Babe, he smells Pulitzer. Duncan would never go for this. You think I'm lying? Yes. So what would they do? They would videotape it and then they send mail the footage to the radio station, to the excuse me, their TV station, and then they would air it next week. 
I wouldn't know. I, I mean, it was before the Internet, as you know. So they would probably do some sort of radio uplink thing. Yeah, they would they uplink it. The satellite, something. Okay, so he's pretending to call the boss, but look who he's really calling. Hello. And now he's saying, like, the woman reporter refuses to do it. She's like, no, I don't refuse. Girl reporters. Well, this is riveting. God, the race hasn't started yet, Carl. When is this going to 30 minutes into it? I know, I know. It is. It's 30 minutes, 49 seconds, and we're still not racing. <laughs> so it, they're going to go to Santa Monica Pier, and that's what the old lady's reporting to her husband. We have to go to Santa Monica. Really? <laughs> they will appear one more time with a with a you know a, a misdialed call, but they don't follow up and are at the pier at the end. I don't uh, you were hoping they would show up in the pier. Now who's this right. guy? I, I don't know. He is a face that's familiar once again. The guy's gonna uh, start the race. Oh, yeah, in the script, that's the guy who's like, okay, here's the Smothers Brothers. And that's the first time we see the Smothers Brothers. Right, and they're Richie Rich. Oh, oh, and they have the yo-yo, Tommy can bring... Actually, I'm glad to see his yo-yo. Yo, yo. He's really into yo-yos. He's got, like, <clears throat> videos of him. Well, it's not a scene throughout the movie. What they're trying to do is say... We are so rich, we don't even care. Their name is Nelson and Randolph Sloan, two millionaires. <laughs> and they spend their time pretty much trying to cheat. Well, they do cheat, because I remember they hop on a plane and fly across country. That's right. Yeah. They get the same That's the kind of car. very they, definition of cheating. Oh, they have the same kind of car waiting for them in Santa Monica? Right. They buy it, and so they're just going to take a plane, and then they'll just roll in there. Now, here is Richard Petty. Oh, well, we only saw... Okay, NASCAR has the famous Richard Petty. He's long gone now. Um, what do you mean? Richard Petty? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, keep going. With, that, with the cowboy hat? He just died of a heart attack. Right? Oh, wow. No, I'm kidding. That was Tom Petty. Oh. Here's Jamie Farr's goodbye. So Jamie Farr is leaving the movie now. We're done with Jamie. Yeah. Right. He's going to go to sleep on those two pillows we just saw. Okay, that's the punch card. That is the start time for this car. They're not like who gets there first. It's whoever has the shortest time on their punch card. Did they now, use that in the other two uh, Camel Run movies? This guy, no. Now, he, the Italian is all nervous, like, how am I going to? I suck as a race car driver. And then this cop who overheard him, Flash, shows up and says, I'm an expert. Move aside. Huh. He needs money for some reason. It's not very well explained in the... Oh, it's this, and they, they tell this story to their grandchildren, how they first met Cute. <laughs> I was looking for money, not love. Now, why are all these plates European? Okay, here they are going <laughs> to D.C. Hey, that's the White tell. House. Yeah, now there's a gap. We might have just seen it. The team with Shari Belafonte and yeah. her friends, the car will drive past at 33 minutes, maybe it's past, 
and only Shari's in the car. I guess we missed it. It wasn't a very good goof, right? So they're they're actually doing car stunts in uh, District of Columbia. Yeah, they're doing the race right now, and I doubt it's real life traffic, right? Yeah, um, this must be Canada but, or something. At this point. Now, did you see Richard Petty there? The STP number forty-three. Okay. He's a NASCAR. He is not in the credits. Oh, but he's one of the racers. But he's one of the racers, and That's they weird. mention, "Hi, I'm Tom. I'm Richard Petty." Well, maybe he's listening to the credits as himself. Maybe. This he, is he's not. He's not listed in the credits. That's the kind of funny, quirky thing about the film. Huh. So she's using the, the fuzz buster. Right. She's, well, she's changing the light. What? Yeah. That's some diehard three shit. John Candy will have none of that. He's oh, a really so good driver. Oh, Donna. <laughs> Whoa! Wow. John Candy did not do his own stun. Did you see that? Oh! <laughs> I just bounced. He had to tussle his hair when after that. Oh, here's the rich boys. Yeah, with their Bentley. Right? A Rolls Royce simply won't do. <laughs> oh, let's listen to the Smothers. I even heard it. Okay, what is it? I'll tell you when we get to the airport. Airport. What airport? The Dallas airport. Are we going to Fed? It's not a very... Well, he's being told about the plot. Um, who's on the left? Tommy Smothers? Uh, Tom, Tommy's in the passenger seat. And Dickie's driving. Okay, yeah. So Tommy is, is learning about the plot. He wasn't part of the great idea to fly a plane. And he's like, you are a genius. I know that I am. See the cell car phone? phone? Car phone. Yeah. Very rare. People like car phones, but you had to have a wire connected to it. It's, it's like, like a land car phone. Car land line. Trailing along. Uh, uh, back then, those car phones, you actually picked up and said, hello, operator. <laughs> you did. I'm serious. And you got connected. Give me Novus 542. Chrysler 79273, please. <laughs> well, the truth is, it wasn't so long ago that you wouldn't tell them the numeric digit. You wouldn't say, Benzinus 543. <laughs> I mean, you would actually... Now, this can't be the District of Columbia because there's state police. Wouldn't it say Commonwealth or, like, District Police or something like that? Well, if you drive in any direction 15 minutes, you leave D.C. Well, here's, here's the Smothers. They're taking their license plate with them on the, on the plane. Right, because the license plate is part of being registered and getting that punch card happening. So if they're going to cheat, they're going to cheat right. Well, good for them. They launched uh, Steve Martin. They gave Steve Martin his first television appearance. Yeah. Yeah, we saw um, another another nice mess on this show, which was a movie the Smothers Brothers kind of produced, and mm -hmm. Steve Martin shows up and has a line. This is actually his first movie, not Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band. Uh-huh. And we have that at Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube.blogspot.com. You can go search that movie. It's listed alphabetically. And... Uh, 
it's Rich Little pretending to be Richard Nixon as Laurel and Hardy. Like Spiro and uh, Nixon are Laurel and Hardy for the entire movie. Oh, really? He was very famous with uh, the Nixon impression, but then time marched forward. Oh, yeah. And no one wants to hear Nixon anymore. He was the impressionist guy, Rich Little. He was, that was his shtick. I guess, I don't know, he got older or something. He went away, but... Uh, He's still around. I'm sure he still performed. Just a little. Do you, did you ever hear my Rich Little impression? <laughs> very funny. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm Rich Little. That's it's like he's in the room. Okay, that guy, Rick Moranis, turned down. Richard Nixon is my. Oh, he turned down this role. This guy's a famous character actor. I can't play him. Wetzel, a real American with a Mexican Chihuahua. I like it. Wait a minute. This dog could be a possible illegal alien. Well, that's good, Chief. That's that's great. It shows that you're very open to the uh, to the good neighbor policy. Right. International diplomacy. I love it. Bill, get some. Oh, wow. Still topical, huh, Carl? Well, times have changed. It's not topical, right? It's the reverse. <laughs> they would fling that dog out the window and get an American dog. Legal alien. I haven't heard that phrase in a while. It's all over the TV. Right. Racing again. So, okay, so Peter Boyle is learning. Yes. That the race is still on, so he's going to make it his. He's going to pretty much leave his jurisdiction and go make sure these people are arrested, because he's running for senator. So it'll be good publicity. Now John Candy worked hard to get Second City players on this movie. Apparently, that's what the internet says. And then uh, Rick Moranis said, "No thanks." John Kennedy was like, hey, dude, they didn't want you. Oh, how funny. Rick Moranis, you know, I mean, he famously retired uh, from acting. To take care of his wife, I think. Or no, no, his wife passed, he wanted to be with his kids. Right, yeah, he he went into the private life. And uh, I remember he, he, uh, for the movie uh, Ghostbusters, the original cast was asked to cameo and he declined. He said, why would I just show up there because I was in something 30 years ago? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And if you watch the movie, you know, I like actually like the reboot, but uh, the cameos are like the clunkiest parts. Yeah, it really, I don't think they were done well. I mean, sure, everyone got to nod their hats, but uh, there was really only Dan Aykroyd and, and Bill Murray. Uh, no, also... Uh, Sigourney. Uh, Sigourney Weaver. Right, she was in it, and so was the uh, Ernie, one. Ernie Hudson. Ernie, yeah. What about Annie Potts? Does she show up in that? I think so, actually, now that you've mentioned it. Yeah. What a shit show. You know, it's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, I'll see the Blade Runner sequel, but it's so funny when, like, movies uh, come out that were based on films from 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Yes. They have to make, tip their hat homage, and it just kills any momentum, you know? Like, right. I, I mean, God bless Star Wars, but the, the, the Star, new Star Wars are just like, tip your hat, there's the cantina, tip your hat, and it just seems right. like... Right, it's just, it's, it slows it down, just yeah. like you said. It's too much, and it's yeah. so obvious. It's like, you know, the marshmallow 
guy from the first movie was there because it was an original idea. It's there in the reboot because it's a nod to the hat of the, you know, like. Right, tip your hat. Yeah. No, it's a nod of the hat. Nod of the hat. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just don't, I just don't think, I, no, I, I'm in total agreement with you here. Now, okay, here is Alyssa Milano, and she is a nobody, pretty much. And what this, the joke here is, she's learning how to drive, and this guy is against foreign cars. He only wants American cars. Oh, boy. Hey, a German car, get out of here. Uh, he's crazy. What's he doing in this movie? That they're so European, the cars here, they all have European license plates. Yeah, I know. Not no, German, Swedish, I guess. Have a lot of power. Power. Listen, honey, I know you're well, who's the boss was on TV at this time? Vehicle, okay? it in 1989. It was? Wasn't it? Who's the boss? Or maybe it was wrapping up. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, look at her. She's so young. She doesn't look like the who's the boss uh, age. But I could be wrong. Now, this huh. is 1980. 89 of the release. 1989, so, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, all right, so the MIT Brainiacs are being outchased by a student driver. Yeah, right. Now, it's not, it's, it's not a very good premise. It's just that it's her, and she has her bit part, um... <laughs> Road rage. <laughs> screw you. Yeah, screw you. Hand motion. You know, why do they call it road rage, Carl? They're still on the fucking road. If they hate it so much, just drive off them to the shoulder. Road. What do you mean? Like they're mad at the road? Yeah, they have rage against the road. Road I rage. I love that band. Rage against the road? They are so. They were in their day. I remember they pulled up in New York City and, and they were like, oh, you can't park here. And he's like, what do you mean I can't park here? She's so oh. rage. So <laughs> it's about me and the coffee machine. All right, I can't believe the student driver is still on the screen. It, it, it's a bit over and it's just, it's not funny, but but it is her, so... But it's, it's strange. We just spent like three minutes with her and him. They're not even like the main characters in this movie. We just like took a right, detour with them. Right, and they'll go away after this. Yeah. This, this thing isn't well... It doesn't follow a, a good three-act structure. Everyone's got their own story. There is beginning, middle, and end. Right. Um, well, you can tell the beginning because that has Lee Van Cleef in it. <laughs> so, I mean, in each person's story, oh, in each person's there's story. an arc. You know, it begins out like uh, Max Headroom owes money, I'm going to kill you. Then, you know, plot development. The race is over, but I can, I'm going to kill you because the race is over and you can't get the winning. Oh. Then you're going to, look how ridiculous. He just leaped over the entire lake with his car. How did he even shoot that girl? They, like, I, flew a car over the ocean? Like, they must have, like, shot a car out or something. I don't know how... I mean, I guess it jumped off a ramp, but... As you know, this is real life, so... 
Okay, so now he gets to the other side. He refused to um, let him across or stop. And I, turn up the volume because I forget what this okay, is. Okay, sure. What? Some friends of ours will be oh, yes, that's right, that's right. And Other people like are coming, so they want to bribe him. Sort of joke. To not let them across. Give them an unfair advantage. Oh, they're trying to sabotage these drivers. Yeah. $200? This guy has his boat. They're on a boat right now. They're on a boat. So he's trying to bribe them. $100 is against regulation. $200 is against regulation. He won't do it. So, ba-boom! Joe Flaherty, he's so tough. One punch in the face, right. he knocks him out. <clears throat> now, they said, like, they'll ruin the boat, but they just jumped the water, right? Right. So, Ruining the boat doesn't stop people from crossing. I, it's a dumb premise. Oh, so they couldn't, they couldn't take the boat, so they just jumped over the entire lake. And then they right. sabotaged the boat, and now these cars can't jump over the lake. Oh, well, I don't know about that. Look at Larity. He's such a good actor, man. Matt is having a good time, man. He's like a young gentleman. Oh, here comes the news report. Right. Fake news. So, like, what happened? happens here is like there's like bridges out and he's like bullshit the bridges out okay oh, they all drive behind them quick turn we got a scoop the race is on we found him oh here's Donna the bridge out thing is gonna come later Donna's asleep Norma Jean yeah just... now planes and trains and automobiles already happen so Apparently, this is a nod to it when he gets, like, stuck in the seat. Um, or maybe the reviews of the Internet were seeing what they wanted to see. Right. It isn't so... Well, John Candy was also in 1,700 million movies that year as well, so some of them involved driving. So I'm sure there's coincidences. Yeah, now, John Candy became very picky about what films he did. And as you know, you know, like, he would only do, like, an Uncle Buck or a... I mean, he got... But at, when when he first left Second City Television, he was answering the phone like Max Hedrick. Oh, he... No, he, he did a lot of movies later in life, too. I mean, a lot of cameos. He shows up in Career Opportunities and Home Alone. You know, I mean, uh-huh. they're... They're... Uh, uh, John Hughes movies, or he produced career opportunities, but uh, he he did a lot of just crap. There's a movie that I want to do for our show uh, where it's him and Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rooney, as a, a, a called Final Lady, and it's just a terrible film. It's this <laughs> late seventies Canadian that film. Good. Well, what was funny about it is that they made a sequel with the same inspector, so it's like this terrible John Candy movie had a sequel to it. Yeah, you know. Sometimes there's a movie sequel, but, like, nobody's clamoring for the sequel. It's so <laughs> surprising they get made. Horrible Bosses too. Yeah. Zoolander uh, too. Well, you know, I'm okay with, like, I really love Anchorman too. I, I'll fight you to the death. I, I saw yeah. the alternative version in the theater as well. And part of the joke is that it's so old that they're doing a sequel to it. Which, the absurdity of doing a sequel to such an old film uh, mm-hmm. plays well. But, uh... And Zoolander, I kind of I could get, but like, there's some films where you're just like, you don't need a sequel. How about uh, Eddie and the Cruiser Two? Eddie lives. Yeah. 
Or, uh, I don't know, there's some horror movies where they don't need a sequel, but they come again. Do you ever see The Blair Witch Project 2? No, I didn't. On purpose, I didn't. Uh, <clears throat> That's a classic I, bad movie. Yeah, sometimes the sequels just... Okay, since we're talking about it, yeah. they're now going to do a reboot of Cannonball Run, by the way. That's yeah. not exactly a sequel, but... But they've always made Cannonball Run movies. I mean, I'm looking right now at Cannonball 1976 as a, as a full-length movie here on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. Now, that's number one. Oh, uh, by the way, something happens here, like a cigarette goes between her legs, and so he has to go between her legs, and she wakes up, and she's like, what are you doing? And then he explains himself, it always, and it's, like, legitimate. It's hard to watch me uh, watch John Candy smoke on, on screen. Because he died? Yeah, I mean... Mm-hmm. All right. Uh-oh, the cherry's gone. Where's the cherry? Cherry's right, that's the... Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, the lit now, cherry. Now, this is a, maybe the nod to... Planes, trains, and automobiles where his I, cigarette... I, I, I don't know if I agree with the internet. I think it's just a coincidence. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Gross. There you go. Put Boy, it in there. It's, it's hot in between her legs. Oh. 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 I don't think that's a nod to planes, trains, and automobiles. It might not have even been made yet. No, planes, trains, and automobiles was 87. Uh-huh. And this seems like a movie. I am John Candy in this movie. He's better than this movie. John Candy in, was in a lot of movies. Yeah. There's some actors that just like that work, you know, and they, they do what they can. So according to Variety magazine, Warner Brothers is going to do a reboot of Cannonball Run. Uh, they've acquired the rights to the movie, and they've got Ethan Cohen to write and direct. Now, this is a different he Ethan is- Cohen than you're thinking of. This guy is a well-distinguished actor. I think he uh, wrote and directed the Garfield movies. I see his name on everything. Um. Get Hard with Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart. Oh, yeah, I saw that movie. I like that film. It's a crazy Men film. Men in Black 3. Huh. Tropic Thunder, which I don't know. That's a Ben Stiller movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right, the Vietnam... Right, movie but... parody. And Iron Man is in it, too. Uh... Huh, you know. all right. Well, right now we're watching Donna Dixon and John Candy getting assaulted by a truck driver on the road and you know it's a truck driver because there's a, a shot within the truck like we get to see the trucker's point of view well he cut the trucker off and the trucker got pissed and turned around oh boy okay just a little bit but just a little that feels good John she's doing a Marilyn Monroe impression yeah she does it throughout the whole film oh good that's what we need to well, Marilyn Monroe was only 20 years ago when this movie came out. Right, right. All right, now it's back to the cops, and they're all different kind of cops in different uniforms around the table. And it's a situation room where they got their map in the United States. They start here, click. <laughs> yeah, right. And they're going to wind up over here, Santa Monica. Right. Santa Monica beer. 
uh, why are they going to wind up at Santa Monica Pier? Because this movie's a piece of shit, and every shitty movie has a scene in Santa Monica Pier. Well, um, the Cannonball, uh, it's one of the other Cannonball Run films had Santa Monica Pier. That's why they're doing it. All right. Because they're the red-haired stepchild. This is Cannonball Run 3. No, it's not. You're a legitimate child. <laughs> now, this director, he did big on television, but he did Police Academy 4. Oh, he did? Which was... Citizen Patrol. Citizen Patrol. I like that one, actually. So, kudos to him. That's a good and one. And it says here he was the original director of both television incarnations of Second City. Huh. I didn't know there were two, but... Well, there was a Canadian what... version that was edited and uh, shown in syndication. And then NBC said, look, we want to do a 90-minute uh, weekly show, uh, comedy show on Fridays. And they they kind of cobbled together the old seasons, and then they created their new seasons as well. But they would they would kind of poach stuff uh-huh. from, from there previously. And the show lasted for a while, uh, 90 minutes. I mean, you could find it on DVD. I don't know where the fuck it's streaming, but... You just have patience when you watch it. Just need patience because all the funny stuff I remember is when I watch the show now, it's like it's a lot of like character comedy and you just got to let them be their characters and let them do what they do. And then after a while, it just catches up. And a lot of the 90 minutes, there's some great callbacks. Let's watch SCTV right now. Yeah, right. We don't do <laughs> It's weird to see the, the guy from Animal House in this movie. I mean, I, I know he's working, but... This is the scene I was trying to tell you about before when the TV reporter thinks that the bridge isn't out. But it is. Oh, and they're going why. to the bridge right now? Yeah, I don't know why he thinks that. Just a little something I like to call instinct. All the great reporters have it. Uh-oh. I don't know where this is heading. Set up for failure. And that's pretty much the gag. Carl, do they show up again? Mia Ferrari. Uh, This is just another car chase uh, throughout the whole film. Okay, so what we have here is the Ferrari makes an excellent, excellent move that gets him away from the cop. But then he, like, does an extra thing he didn't really need to do. Okay, so the Ferrari goes around. Right. And the cop's like, well, I'm going around. But look what he does. He backs up again. back as the cop passes. It's ingenious. So the cop doesn't see him. Right. And the cop's like, whoa, we must have gone fast. I'm really going to speed away. But so he can't. In my he, opinion, yeah. the gag is over. But he but takes no. it one further. But no, he can't let it go, right? Right. Oh, he's talking CB talk on his CB. Yeah. He's, oh, this is preposterous. The truck in front of him. The truck in front of it is the ones that uh, carry around cars. So they requested him to lower his. Uh, um, ramp metal ramp and he just drove his car from the freeway into the uh, car container truck container but uh, why because the cop is long gone yeah you know what I'm saying plus yeah the truck driver is a fucking serial killer he's gonna kill them in the car <laughs> take them to his torture farm look the door's open oh the cop is there uh, but that's weird they have like a DeLorean with doors that open up and they're willing to open it up within the uh Carrying, you know what I'm saying? That yeah, I don't know. What it's called the trucks that carry cars around. They have that like metal gate. Car carrier. Car no, carrier. In a joke. So if, and yeah, 
they passed Missouri state line. So he goes, you're out of your jurisdiction. Uh-huh. Okay, so here's Joe Flair, and he goes, what luck? We found the Ferrari. Now we can fuck it up and sabotage them. Gas is 85 cents. So he sees the Ferrari drivers. He's using a mirror and it's... Oh, yeah. It looks like Matt Frewer is hamming it up. Kind of looks like a cell phone of today. He's, He's right. He's film. So... Uh, He's tearing apart the lamp. Yeah. He's just ripping off uh, parts of the car. It's Joe Flaherty. Don't Trying piss off Joe Flaherty. And fuck it up. Better hurry up. They're almost done getting their food in a ba- paper bag and leaving. Oh, they got the paper bag. They're going to leave. They'll be so mad their, their nostrils will flaherty. This is the bonus scene in uh, Street Fighter 2 where you punch the car. <laughs> <laughs> What the heck? Now here's the gag. Oh, oh where are they going? Uh, wrong Ferrari. Oh no! Uh, no! What a coincidence! Now, so uh, now I, I bet you ten dollars someone's gonna walk out of the restaurant and he's a big bulky guy. Here comes here. Yeah, I think he's an ex-football uh, dude. What the? Look at the gas price, Mike. Did I know it's eighty eighty-seven cents. Yeah. I know you're not a regular buyer, but I just sold my tank two forty nine. You, you obviously did it. That guy was so angry he squeezed the beer suitcases, and <laughs> yeah. one can leaked. By the way, they get away with their crime; they drive away. And... <sighs> so it's such nihilism. These films. <laughs> Oh, here's the uh, TV crew. For the first time in my life, I feel like a real news reporter. It, it doesn't make sense why she does. He almost like got them run off the road on the bridge. Now she likes it. This is so crazy. We're at the Las Vegas airport, and there's not a single uh, slot machine. Oh, here, here's a special cameo. Thank you. See if the audience could guess who this Welcome is. Welcome to our Las Vegas to Los Angeles flight 116. As you all know, this is an economy flight, so I don't expect a lot of extras. In fact, if we make it at all, consider that a bonus. <laughs> joke. Come on, people, it's a joke. I'm kidding. Oh, my God. It's Brooks Shields. Yeah, and she won a Raz- Razzie for this. Oh, she did? Worst actress? Nine- yes, supporting actress. Best supporting actress. Uh, so the reason she's here is the Smothers Brothers are taking this flight. Excuse me, I've seen you before. Uh, aren't you, um... Uh... Still am. Oh, Brooks! It's Brooke, lady. Not Brooks, Brooke. There is only one of me. <laughs> Brooke Shields, that's Brooke Shields. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, don't mind me asking, but why, I mean, your work, I mean, what do you... Uh... After four years of Princeton, my professor suggested I seek higher goals. That's right, she went to Princeton. better place, you know, to keep my face in the public. And besides, I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing bit parts in movies. Oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> it sounds good to me. Yeah. Oh, my head hurts. <laughs> That's a funny joke. Oh, you know, I never met a humor I didn't like. 
<laughs> oh no, here's a terrorist. Or hijack. Yeah. And we're going back to uh, DC. It's uh, pre 9 11, clearly. You know? Hijacking jokes, taking it to Nicaragua. Yeah. Right. Now, the plane will never take off. Uh, instead, they will drive it to Santa Monica Pier. <laughs> Bonk. Here comes Brooke. <laughs> wow, I can't believe they... They only spent a million dollars to make this thing, but I swear it looks like they've spent that. Well, they just showed footage of a plane leaving the runway and breaking down the uh, fence, but when they did that, the plane's actually going into the freeway right now, but when they actually did that, the camera looked like it was obscured, like they, they put in protective gear and put it on the ground to get that mm. shot. Yeah. So we're watching a, a plane on the freeway and cars riding the wrong way. And roll on, Margaret. <laughs> oh, that's the problem about computers. Computers back in the 80s, they always make noises. But what doesn't make sense is why would the Smothers Brothers be caught up with a ra- one of the racers? Right. Well, there's one thing to have an illegal uh, car race uh, cross country. There's another thing of having a fucking plane on the freeway. Like I think <laughs> by this point, illegal. Oh my god! I think the ATF would shut you fucking down. I don't know who ATF. Well, they're right now army um, uh, bribing the pilot. Keep driving to Santa Monica with all our millions and millions of dollars. We'll bribe you. Yeah, but that's um, not how plans ATF, work. Right? No. Um, air, what is the organization? It's Las Vegas Air, I think. No, it's Vegas. No, you were just saying the airline. Oh, yeah, the, FA, the FAA. The uh, FAA, I mean, right. FSA, yeah, FAA. Was it AAF? FAA. FAA. Oh, boy. Where are they? Carson City? Okay. So, here we have Everybody Loves Raymond's Dad right. making the biggest roadblock ever. And, uh... You know, you it's know. true. I don't think anyone disliked Raymond's Dad. Everybody just liked him. He was a pig. Yeah. He was so gross. I don't think Especially I watched Especially Mrs. That. Raymond. Ugh. Hated him. Doris uh, Roberts. Well, I meant, well, yes, you're right about that. I meant the young one. Uh, the man is a pig. <laughs> Do you like that sitcom or what? Um, I used to like it. Uh, then I caught on to the tragic flaw of the mother. And oh. I couldn't stand it. I just hated her. <laughs> Interesting. Why am I forgetting his name? He was in. He was Peter Boyle. Where Peter, the buffalo roam? What? Peter Peter Boyle. Right. Joe. Peter Boyle. He was Laszlo to Bill Murray's uh, Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, I know it's terrible. That's a terrible movie. And he was in Joe, which was a big hit for him. Have you seen Joe? Sure. It's basically he's a hippie hater who starts shooting hippies, right? Well, he's the hippie hater who falls in with a bunch of hippies. 
even sleeps with one of them. And he what? starts to... Yeah. And he starts to turn around, and then something happens, and he hates hippies again. And he does, in the end, shoot one, who turns out to be his daughter. <gasps> Poor Joe. Joe, as in Joe Sixpack, Joe American. She happened to be Joseph's baby. <laughs> so this was nominated for a Razzie Award for Worst Director, Worst Picture, <laughs> and Worst Supporting Actress, and Brooke Shields won. Yeah, this is a good Razzie movie. 1989, right in the plum. So, so Brooke Shields plays herself as a, as a uh, flight attendant, and the joke is that at the time she went to Prince, she stopped her career. Well, she did go to, yeah. Well, because she was a child actor, and then when she went to Princeton, it was like the first time in the public eye that she was doing something for herself, I guess. Now, I already told my Brooks Shield story, but I think you forgot it. Say it again. Okay, so it's not a big deal. There's no real ending to the story. Uh, in 1983, I used to have a band in... Montgomery. I would drive from Heightstown through Montgomery, and I would have to drive through Princeton University to get to them. And every single time I went for a rehearsal or a gig or something, I was looking to the left, looking to the right, looking for Brooke Shields. Where is she? You know, she should be walking the campus with her books and her varsity letter. Never saw her. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, you know, I believe uh, Princeton Security was telling me the same story. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the joke here is he's saying, would you like my penis? You want my penis? And he's got an accent, and he means peanuts. Oh. And, Airline humor. Yeah. Tommy's like, I do not want this, your penis. No. I'm sorry. I'm very married. Oh. Oh, your peanuts. Yes. Ah. And then he's like, maybe we can sleep together. That's the this, joke. This is a momentary obstacle. I guess this movie's funnier when they're in cars and not planes. Get in the car, Alec. What are you going to do? Get in the car, Alec. I'm going to drive. Vic, you turn that frown upside down right now. I'll turn you upside down right now. <laughs> Joe Flaherty always does his second pizza. So, so great. Funny. He just grabs him. He might be the best thing about this. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, he doesn't really get a chance to... Well, they're good at wings and fly, but they're great at doing sketches. You know, like he's yeah. just—we want you to be pissed off at Max Headroom. You got it, <laughs> and he just grabs him every chance and... he gets. Okay, what are you doing in this scene? Okay, you're pissed <laughs> off. This... Oh, okay, roll him. So what I love about this movie is that there's a lot of exterior shots of car chases and car scenes while you hear the, the people speaking clearly inside the car. You know, like... Yeah, it's, right. You, yeah, you... I guess it's voiceover work. It's, well, they didn't, like, shoot it and they yelled while the car was driving. <laughs> yeah, but you could have a mic going. <laughs> Okay, we need you to learn how to drive, set drive, okay? Now that you learned that, we need you to project. I want to pull the laws. I'd like to see Rick Moranis in that role. Yeah, he's done some goofy shit like that. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of like a, a, a bad movie that Moranis was in. Well, Spaceballs, certainly. Uh, I mean, Streets of Fire was a flop. It's not necessarily a bad movie, and he had an interesting mm-hmm. role in that. Uh... But John Candy, yeah, he shows up in a lot of movies. 
And a lot of movies like Who's Harry Crumb, they're not good movies to begin with. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. He's made the movies he wants to. He made the movies he wanted to make, but some of them were real dogs. Yeah, I said he got picky, and I'm wrong. You're right. He just he he took took a lot of bad roles. Okay, so now that the plane has plowed its way through, right. the racers can get through. Oh, look at that! They're picking. They're trying to pick their. Uh, they did. They got their handcuffs off in the back seat how? of a cop car. You know how? Because it was in the script. Oh, and then they kicked the uh, gate, and they escaped from the. And then they drove the car cop cop car away. That reminds me of a story, Carl. It's not legit because it isn't the car that punched the punch clock. But oh, right. Yeah. So I was just going to tell you the time, like a cop put me in the back seat of their car. And when they weren't looking, I picked the handcuffs and then I kicked the gate, <laughs> and then I hopped in the front seat and I yeah. stole the cop car. Did I ever tell you that? They must have yeah, took that. You out. Yeah, stole their car. Yeah, I stole their you car. Turned the siren on. <laughs> so everyone got out of your way as you were escaping. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I had it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. All right, so now we Mike, have. I escaped from this Mexican prison. Uh huh. Yeah, you escaped. And, from... and the federales were like, "Where did the green go?" They, yeah, they do that a lot. That was hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so we're close now. We're obviously in California. You can yeah. Tell from the landscape that you we're can in tell. California. Thank God. And we have about 20 minutes to go, so they got to be close. Cannonball run three. See, these people talking, there's no people on screen. It's just overhead shots of these cars, stunt cars driving yeah. dangerously fast. It's my turn, Charlie. Who was the woman who starred in the film where she was trying to save her car? Uh, Ooh, that narrows it down, doesn't it? So, uh, all right, so they're going to have this conversation while we watch this cop car. trying to save their farms or their factories it's or their the rivers or their about. trees. Yeah. So, I mean, what the fuck are they talking about? That's the joke, but it undercuts the movie. Oh, he's talking about Godfather. So we're watching cop cars chase a car driving backwards while they're having this conversation. It's really funny. And now we had a shot from a train. That would be... This is how they fell in love. They're having this conversation while he's driving backwards, being chased by six cars. And for some reason, they're shooting it from a train as well. Wait a second, I got it now. She's real good looking. She was in King Kong. She played that picture with Jack Nicholson. Oh my god, he just drove. That's reverse footage, right? Do you hear that, Carl? It's the Blue Angels above us right now. You here in San Francisco. Well, it's good, you know. He's, a, he's escaped. And they're not even celebrating that. They're talking about the movie trivia. <laughs> yeah. Look, he keeps going backwards. Now he's turning around. But that scene where he drove backwards in front of a train, they must have reversed it. You might have, be right, but they, the train would have to go backwards. San Francisco is Fleet Week this weekend, so we just heard the Blue Angels fly over the studio. Not a bad idea. It was a good idea. Now, for some inexplicable reason, the 
woman reporter loves the, the man reporter. And their partner, their helper, right. he's disappeared for the rest of the film for some reason. Mason. And they never got their story. They never got their scoop. They never filmed one driver. So where's Maceo, their driver Maceo? Maceo to the bridge. Oh, here's this guy you're talking Welcome about. Sunny California. Richard well, Petty. Hey, uh, had a little problem with the car here. I don't know really what happened to it. You got a problem, all right. You got to come with me. Where we're going? Hey, wait a minute. Aren't you Richard Petty? Sometimes. Hey, well, what are you doing <laughs> a favor? Well, I'm not yours, and I'd really love to have your autograph before oh. I run you. Hey, aren't you Carl? Oh, aren't you Carl? <laughs> Sometimes. See, he approaches this guy with. Like oh, no. his, his signature black hat, and he's wearing STP oil yeah. with lots of sponsors on it. But it's only when he sees his face he goes, "Hey, wait a minute!" <laughs> so uh, you're a guy in a car that goes really quickly. I recognize your face. <laughs> he pulls up before a NASCAR, says "43" on the side. It's blue and red. It's just yeah, you know. But only when he sees his face he goes, "Hey, wait a minute." <laughs> Well, you know, NASCAR, I see their faces a lot when they just zoom by. Okay, you see the call back here? All right, so he's calling the... Peter Boyle is talking to the old couple that uh, Tim Matheson spoke to. You can turn it on, and she's like, we must go to... We must go to Santa Monica. We have to go to Santa Monica. (laughs) Oh, this is Los Angeles. Look at this. And this now, is, when I saw that scene, I was like, okay. They're going to be there. In the end, yeah. look at the nice VW bug. They'll go to Santa Monica, but they don't. Everything looks so underdeveloped 30 years ago. Yeah, but not the traffic. It was fully developed. Oh, wait, he's back again. Yeah, there he is. He's Sorry sleeping in the back. Well, the weird part is when he turns to the camera, he goes, I never left Carl. That was really weird. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> Vroom, vroom, vroomity, vroom, vroom, vroom. That looks like St. Louis to me. A vroom, vroom, We could just end this movie now. Vroom. Oh, that traffic in Los Angeles. Come on, let me drive. Come on. Switch. Uh-oh. I lived in L.A. for two years. It takes a certain kind of personality to get around in this city you're in the traffic jam the fact that you used to live in LA oh, means she, she wrecks all these cars well especially because that scene shot inside the van was shot, probably shot in a studio it wasn't actually so right. I know how to drive a car wow that's bad form Dude, I know how to drive a car you hire a stunt person and <laughs> At their television news van with their station's call letters on the side of the truck, uh, side of the van. I think they know who you are, who smashed their fucking car. The call letters start with W, not K. I know, it's crazy. From Washington. And isn't Canada Q? Isn't there a Q one too? Merging traffic. Uh, no, uh, no, it's either W or K. Here we go. Cannonball Run 3. That's what this movie's gonna be. I wrote the wait, lyrics wait. already. The Hollywood sign? Yeah. Cannonball Run 3. But I it isn't really. <laughs> right halfway wait, during wait. this song, they say, oh, excuse me, 
We changed the title. See, they kept on slipping it in, and they would go, Cannonball Run! Three blind mice! Cannonball Run! Well, this movie is also known as... <laughs> you were saying three! No, sir. No, sir. Closely, Your Honor. Yeah. Cannonball Run! Oh, see, here's, they're doing this stick again where John Candy's driving, and they're talking, and they just show the exterior. But John Candy's great. Yeah. Yeah. Summer Rental. The uh, one he did with Dan Aykroyd. The Great Outdoors. We know Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It's just classic. Uncle Buck was great. He, he did some really terrific films. Even he, Wagons East. Wag, well, see, Wagons East falls under and Canadian Bacon, which was his last two movies. Yeah. That was a Michael uh, Moore uh, film. Canadian bacon. It was a it was, uh, it was a comedy, but uh, he does even the, his bad films are fun to watch. I, I would definitely yeah. recommend watching any of his bad movies because Going Berserk was great. Going I mean, Berserk was great, but it was. Yeah. Okay, so here we see another cameo. This is an athlete, right? What's going on? Hey, you dropped this back there. Thanks Carl a lot. Lewis. Oh, Carl Lewis. <gasps> he says you dropped it. It's the punch card. <gasps> nah. It is, it is. Oh, yeah, sure. Carl Lewis. <laughs> Isn't he dreamy? Oh, my God. Here we are, Santa Monica. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, Carl Lewis is in the credits. He was the athlete who showed up Hitler in the Olympic Games. Carl Lewis. All right. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, he looks good. All right, so here they are. The cops are, are in the, on the plane. You're not finishing this race. Never oh. mind that they would all get there at a specific ocean and they could just calmly arrest them. God, it's like, so great. No, you're not crossing the finish line. They're shooting it right here in Santa Monica. It's so fun to look at. Uh, one time I was at Santa Monica with my cousins and they were younger back then. And uh, we went to the video arcade and one of them got into a spat and started to cry. And I was sitting outside. This is before my child was born. Uh, outside, like, you know, consoling this kid crying. And I look at the arcade, and on the roof of the arcade are four police officers with shotguns patrolling really? the area. And this guy with a, with a shotgun looks at me, sees this crying kid I'm consoling, and he gives me this, like, father nod. He <laughs> <laughs> can relate. He can relate. I'm like, Jesus, can we relate without the gun? All right, so John Candy won, right? Wash her, fill her up, and give her a hot lap, okay? No, it make it so that the cop one. You see, the cop got into one of... Okay, when the airplane broke through, okay. the cop got into Max Headroom's car. Oh. Because it was the closest one. And so the joke is, the cop who's stopping the race is the winner. But he, he was in the car with the other guys, right? Okay, so Joe, Joe Flaherty, I mean... um. Yeah, Joe Flaherty's like, I'm driving, remember? Right. And then they got arrested. Right. Thrown in the back of the... Okay, then the airplane comes with the Smothers Brothers smashes through. And so, uh, Ray, I love Raymond's father. Everybody loves Raymond's father. Got into the nearest car, which happened to have been their oh, uh, car in the race. Boy, that guy punched the, the Peter Boyle so hard, it right, rang a bell. Right, because he... 
Hey, there's a carousel. I love this carousel. So, uh, all right, that makes no sense. But that guy who punched the, the police officer, he was the one whose car got destroyed by these guys. So he was following right. the car. So that quickly that he won the race. He was second place. No. He saw the guys drive away in the car who fucked up his car. So he's like, I'm chasing them. And then because Peter Boyle happened to be the driver of that car, he mistakenly thought Peter Boyle was the one who did it. So he punched him. Okay. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm going to walk away. <laughs> They're in the carousel uh, of uh, Santa Monica Pier, and it's just so beautiful in there. Well, he's not going to kill them because they won the race, even though Peter Boyle drove the car. Now he has the money to pay him. Uh, he's like, why don't you quit being a hitman and come work with me, and we'll invest the money. And now here's the newscasters, and they're in love, even though they do, they're the worst newscasters in the world. <laughs> right. It's inexplicable why yeah. she would fall for him. They didn't do anything. They didn't get any footage. No. They just fell in love. They're the love interest. Now listen, we lose the race. <laughs> Do you hear me? This guy's what a famous doing, actor. badly wrapping up all the subplots. Yeah, and it all wraps up at the end of the race. That's not real life. Real life, there's a lot of unresolved issues after a cannibal yeah, run. Yeah, that's right. My father did not love me. <laughs> you can't get a wrap up. Oh, my dad called me on a payphone and said I'm on a pier. Everything's okay, son. I was just hard on myself. <laughs> Cats in the cradle. My, so <laughs> my father. I see my dad, Harry, right now. Sherry's looking out there. Yeah, she says, come here, take a look at this. Everything's wrapping up, each little subplot. Which is really, oh, so I got to tell you a funny story. My brother and I saw Cannibal Run in the theater. And this was like a, you know, Essex County movie house. And we go in there and uh, these people, it's packed. It's the second weekend the Cannibal Run came out. And this couple, these two women are sitting behind us. And they said, oh, yeah, this is our second time seeing it. We love this movie. And when all the people come to the cars, uh, two people come and they go, Oh, they're going to win. <laughs> so I already knew who was going to win Campbell Run 1. Oh, Smothers Brothers fell off the pier. Their humor is over the edge. They just took it too far. <laughs> Good one. Where's your JB Fars when you need them? Because those guys went too far. Oh, and then Norma Jean and John Candy are just walking away. Well, I mean, this is the wrap-up, the final... This is like, I don't know, John Candy's supposed to be our hero. He's the first one we met. Look at the so pier. Wrap up There's no Ferris the wheel. One. There's no roller coaster on that pier. The fuck? This isn't Coney Island. No, but the, the 80, it's just different. Well, there is a, there is those things now. Oh. oh. So it's just, it just seems a little dormant. Sparse. So Eugene Levy shows up and says, great, yeah. great, the race is over now. You have to sleep with me. Isn't that funny that they happen to be walking on the beach and Eugene Levy just happens to be walking on the beach too? No, it doesn't make any sense. I, have to go. I was walking from Venice to here and I just happened to see you. <laughs> I knew you guys were going to be at the finish line, but I just happened to be on the beach where you guys were. <laughs> oh, what about a club? Uh, what was the one where uh, Robin Williams had a club? Yeah, Club and, Med. It wasn't that. It was, yeah. Yeah, and then like Rick Moranis and uh, I think it was Eugene Levy just wanted pot. 
They're looking for pot the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. What was that? And they found a bag of pot. Club Paradise. That sounds right. Boy, I tell you, Robin Williams also had his uh, yeah um, dance of movies. Wasn't you know? he? Wasn't he in a movie called Water, where he was like a fireman who had a, a resort in a tropical island? I don't remember that either. Yeah, he he did a lot of. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, uh, he he was in a lot of movies. He he did a TV show too, you know. What dork? Well, no. After Mark and Mindy, he did a show like two decades later. Well, when he died, he was doing a show. Yeah. Oh, that's the one you mean? Yeah. Like crazy people, I think it was called. Right, right, right. And he was like a. Um, Who knows? Or I don't know that film, and people mistakenly thought that's why he committed suicide because he was on a sitcom he was out of money and he was his show wasn't doing well or something I don't know okay so now here they fall in love he's like what are you doing the rest of your life I want you to be my Joe DiMaggio to my Marilyn <laughs> Norman Mailer kiss me <laughs> who else is she saying? talk about out of your league yeah and then they went off and did the, created the show Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. All right, it was frozen. Is this it? Are we done? Oh, uh, bumper cars. Cast. John Candy, Donald Dixon, Matt Fuhrer. The cast is... Oh! He took off his wig and he has hair. Why are you wearing a wig? This is great. They got the cast in bumper cars. Smothers Brothers are sharing one. It's a great Basically, idea. this is all... Yeah, it is. It's like all the cats in bumper cars. They're driving cars. Yeah. It's like the movie. But it, it has no relation to any of the subplots or anything. There's no reason why they would all be just they the just have bumper cars. But it's like a nice but L.A. touch because it's Santa Monica Pier and they have uh, bumper yeah. cars. And Peter Boyle's got his brain back. Oh, thank God. It's like the end of that move, that one movie. I forget what it's called. Dead Guys Keep Showing Up. That guy somewhere plot? No, it was uh, like a cowboy movie. But the thing is, like at the end, it's a party. It's like it's a great party. It wraps up the film. Dead guys who died. Show oh, they up. show up. Oh, I, I wonder what movie that is. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it's a uh, tombstone. I thought it was a confident homosexual. Uh, uh, I don't like know. Like a cowboy. He says every town is the same. I don't know, Carl. I have no clue. Okay. Uh, well, if you're listening, if you're still listening, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> after that. Wow, after that. Wow, this concludes uh, Speed Zone. It's still, still happening. The piano, they're still doing solos. They're still rocking out. It was fun, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I watched this movie a bunch of times. It's just, it's weird that it, it's like an unofficial sequel to a, a film. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really try to hide it. That's no, the, you know, because it nods attached to it in so many ways. Oh, I watched. Uh, there's um, a Will Smith movie where not only do the people gaslight him, but they they watch the movie Gaslight and they explain what gaslighting is. <laughs> it's like we're gonna steal the plot of your movie, but we're gonna make it in a regular conversation. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's like we did. Collateral Beauty. Collateral Beauty, yeah. yeah. Recommended. <laughs> if it was on YouTube, we'd be watching it right now. 
it was good and it was bad. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a sentimental little maudlin film, melodrama. Uh, I guess we're right in the up. middle of it. Right in the middle of it, I was like, "This is pretty good," <laughs> but it just kept going. It kept so. going. You're like, no. "No, no, no, no." It didn't. Ra- it didn't end right. And yeah, no, that was a weird movie. The the way they gaslit uh, Will Smith is just weird. People don't act that way. All right. Thank you, Orion Pictures, releasing yeah. for releasing that movie. Thank you, audience, nice. for watching Speed Zone with us. Carl, that was a great movie. Yeah, I think so. Uh, where can people find you, Carl? Uh, Thanksgiving Eve. They'll find me at the Broadway Comedy Club, 930. Oh. Be there. Be there. Or uh, be square. And uh, I'm announcing Layovers having their New Year's Eve show Sunday, uh, December 21st, so uh, 31st, 7 o'clock, so come uh-huh. by then. And if you're listening to Mutiny Radio, I'll be doing sketch comedy at 10 o'clock on uh, Pacific Center Time on Saturday, October 21st with my group of the Great Difficulties. So if you want to hear more of that, check it out. But we love just having you here. Love that you're subscribing to our feed and just being part of the show. Uh, so that's a big up to that. Uh, so let's uh, play some music and get out of here. Carl, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, everybody. Always great choices. You commandeer them. Song. I, I'm Mike's friend. My turn ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie.
looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorneyfjs.com. Again, the law office of Francis J. Shaheda in San Francisco. and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's Performance Space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. October 6th, come join us at Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse for Johan Miranda. Headlining 50 minutes. Opening sets by Amy Bebo, Clay Newman, and Pam Benjamin. Don't miss this incredible headliner for only $10. Friday, October 6th at 8 p.m. Buy your tickets now on Eventbrite. Check us out on Facebook. Like all those comics, and please come support Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday at 8 o'clock. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, 
If anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastics books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastics deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> stand-up comedian do you want to be in 25 shows in five days at mutiny radio in san francisco well now's your opportunity apply now for the spark presents third annual mutiny radio comedy festival march 1st through 5th that's 25 shows in five days featuring 40 comics from out of town and one of those comedians could be you Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, and click on the submission form. Apply for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's only $10, and you can apply right now through November 30th for 25 shows during five days, all streaming live, all podcast posts, all Mutiny Radio, all the time. The third annual Spark presents Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Apply now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. 
This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Meals on Wheels is dedicated to providing and delivering the nutritious meals that are necessary to prevent the premature institutionalization of San Francisco's homebound elderly. They are committed to fostering independent living with dignity for as long as possible. For more information, please call 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. This is Matthew Reese. I'm Joe Beth Williams. This is Brian Bedford. I'm Jill Gascoigne. I'm Brian Cox. This is LA Theatre Works. I'm Susan Lowenberg. Few authors can help cherishing a secret hope that they will not be entirely forgotten the moment they die. I think that one or two of my comedies may retain for some time a kind of pale life. That's the voice of P.G. Woodhouse, one of England's best-loved humorists. Over the course of a monumental career spanning seven decades, Woodhouse wrote over 300 short stories and 100 books and collaborated for the stage with the likes of Jerome Kern, Cole Porter, Oscar Hammerstein, and George and Ira Gershwin. But here in America, Woodhouse is best remembered for creating the foppish Bertie Wooster and his indispensable valet, Jeeves. This week, we bring you a classic Jeeves and Wooster misadventure from 1938. The code of the Woosters finds the dysfunctional duo plunged into a hilarious intrigue involving curates, cold cucumbers, and cow creamers. And now, L.A. Theatre Works presents The Code of the Woosters by P.G. Woodhouse, starring Mark Richard as Bertie Wooster and Martin Jarvis as Jeeves. I reached out a hand from under the blankets and rang the bell for Jeeves. Good evening, Jeeves. Good morning, sir. This surprised me. Are you sure, Jeeves? It seems very dark outside. There is a fog, sir. If you will recollect, we are now in autumn. A season of mists and mellow fruitfulness. Season of what? Mists, sir, and mellow fruitfulness. Well, uh, be that as it may, 
Bring me one of those bracers of yours, will you, Jeeves? I have one in readiness, sir, in the icebox. He shimmered out, and I sat up with that rather unpleasant feeling you get sometimes that you're going to die in about five minutes. <laughs> On the previous night, I had given a little dinner at the Drones Club for my fish-faced pal, Gussie Finknottle, as a send-off before his approaching nuptials. This Finknottle, you may recall, is a total recluse entirely devoted to the study of newts. However, meeting Madeline Bassett last summer and falling for her like a ton of bricks, he was now engaged to the ghastly girl. I call her a ghastly girl because she is a ghastly girl. A droopy, soupy, sentimental exhibit with the unmistakable air of always being on the point of talking baby talk. <laughs> And the worst of it is that last summer, at a critical juncture in his courtship, Gussie suffered a failure of nerve, and according to the medieval code of the Woosters, I stepped up to plead his case for him. Rather like, what's his name? You know, French chap with a nose. <laughs> Jeeves' nose. I mean, not Jeeves' nose, but uh, Jeeves would know. Well... The potty girl got the idea that I was wooing her myself and still believes that I'm waiting in the wings to claim her should she ever hand old Gussie the mitten. <coughs> ah, Jeeves. Your tonic, sir. Thank you, Jeeves. Ah. Well, Jeeves, what goes on in the great world? Is that the paper? No, sir, it is some literature from the Travel Bureau. I thought that you might care to glance at it. Oh, you did, did you? Yes, sir. Jeeves! This nuisance now must cease. I should explain. Jeeves, you see, had been trying to get me to go on a round-the-world cruise. Yet in spite of firm statements to the effect that I would have none of it, his whole attitude recalled that of some assiduous hound who will persist in laying a dead rat on the drawing-room carpet, though repeatedly apprised by word and gesture that the market for same is sluggish. Uh, travel is highly educational, sir. I can't do with any more education. I was full up years ago. Very good, sir. I trust Mr. Finknottle was in good spirits last night, sir? Extraordinarily good, considering that he will shortly have Sir Watkin Bassett for a father-in-law. Sooner him than me, Jeeves. I spoke with strong feeling, and I'll tell you why. A few months before, while celebrating boat race night, I had fallen into the clutches of the law for trying to separate a policeman from his helmet and had been fined five of the best. The magistrate who had inflicted this monstrous sentence was none other than Madeline's father, old Pop Bassett. He had since inherited a pot of money and retired to the country. Your aunt telephoned while you were asleep, sir. What? Uh, Mrs. Travers, sir. She desires you to ring her up at her house in town. I will do even better. I will call in person. My Aunt Dahlia, as you may recall, is my good and deserving aunt, not to be confused with my Aunt Agatha, who eats broken bottles and kills rats with her teeth. <laughs> and apart from the intellectual pleasure of chewing the fat with her, there is always the glittering prospect of lunch, courtesy of her virtuosic chef, Anatole. I found the old flesh and blood up to a Marcel wave in proof sheets she being the proprietress of a weekly paper for the delicately nurtured called Milady's Boudoir. Hello, ugly. What brings you here? I understood, aged relative, that you wished to confer with me. What will Anatole be giving us for lunch? He won't be giving you anything, my gay young tapeworm. I'm entertaining Pomona Grindle, the novelist. I'm trying to get a cereal out of her for the boudoir. 
I only telephoned to tell you to go to an antique shop in the Brompton Road and sneer at a cow creamer. Do what? Do a what? They've got an 18th century silver cow creamer there that your Uncle Tom is going to buy this afternoon. A sort of cream jug. Ask them to show it to you and then register scorn. The idea being what? To sap their confidence, chump, so they'll clip the price a bit. If I sign the Grindle up for this cereal, I shall be compelled to get into Tobin's ribs for a biggish sum of money. And the cheaper he gets this cow creamer, the cheerier he'll be when I do. Oh, yes. And tell them it's modern Dutch. Why? I don't know. Apparently it's something a cow creamer ought not to be. So pop off and shake your head at the thing. Uh, always glad to oblige, you know, but I'm afraid I can't shake my head. Not today. I gave a small bachelor binge for Gussie Finknottle last night and my head... Uh, is... So that's how it is. Old spink bottle, eh? How was the old newt fancier? Pretty roguish, actually. I was astounded. We drank his health and called for a toast, and I was all prepared for a blushing refusal. But he rose to his feet and held us spellbound. Good old spink bottle. And now push off. I've got about six tons of proofs to correct. Buzz along. There were two customers in the antique shop as I entered. Meow. And a large cat. And though quite a slab of misty fruitfulness had drifted into the Emporium, I was able to note that one of these customers was old Pop Bassett himself. I know you, young man. Oh, I never forget a face. You came up before me once, oh, but not twice. Good. Learned your lesson, Abe. Eh? Oh, going straight. Now, let me see. What was it? Don't tell me. It's coming back. Oh, of course, yes. Bag snatching. No, no. I, I just pinched Bank it. Bag but... snatching. I remember it distinctly. Still, it's all past and done now, eh? Oh, splendid. Uh, Roderick, come over here. This is most interesting. What? Oh, yes. Roderick Spode was a breathtaking cove. I don't know if you've ever seen those pictures in the papers of dictators with blazing eyes inflaming the populace with fiery words, but that was what he reminded me of. It was as if nature had intended to make a gorilla and had changed its mind at the last moment. Ah, look at this chap. I gave him three months not long ago for bank snatching. And it's quite evident he's reformed. Oh, yes. Well, look at him. Well-groomed and dressed, a decent member of society. What's you doing now, young man? Stealing umbrellas, apparently. I notice he's got yours, Hotkin. I was on the point of denying this hotly when it suddenly struck me like a blow from a sock stuffed with wet sand that there was a lot in it. What had caused me to pick up this umbrella as I entered the shop, I cannot say, unless it was the primeval instinct which makes a man without an umbrella reach for the nearest one in sight like a flower groping for the sun. Oh, I say, I'm most frightfully sorry. I'm sorry, too. And frightfully disappointed. But listen, it was a mistake. I, I thought it was mine. Ah, that is your fundamental trouble, young man. You are totally unable to distinguish between meum and tomb. Well, I'm not going to have you arrested this time, but I advise you to be very careful. Yes. <laughs> Can I help you, sir? Oh, uh, yes. I, I understand you have an 18th century cow creamer for sale. You're too late. It's promised to a customer. A name of Travers? He sent me here to have a look at the thing. I expect it's rotten. It's a beautiful cow creamer. Take a look at it yourself. We shall see. Oh, tut, tut, tut. 
dear, dear, dear. Oh, no, 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 no. All wrong. All wrong? All wrong. Modern Dutch. It's 18th century English. Look at the hallmark. I can't see any hallmark. Are you blind? Take it outside in the sunlight. I started for the door, sauntering in a languid sort of way. But I'd only taken a couple of steps when... Oh! I tripped over the cat. Now, you can't combine tripping over cats with languid sauntering. The cow creamer flew from my hands and I shot out the door, straight into Sir Watkin Bassett. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. You! No, I... Call a policeman, Roderick. Please! 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 Stop! 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 Well, I mean to say, all the damn silly ideas, I legged it to the nearest Turkish bath. My stay there brought the roses back to my cheeks and it was practical.